so it's so funny sometimes when my my daughter gets you know angry at something or mad and I'm like okay is this life threatening are you going to remember this in a year she's like oh my god mommy you're crazy with this stuff (laughs) it's so funny but I do it with myself and it works every time good afternoon Thank you for tuning in to the Wallistic Doses podcast. I'm your host, Eddie Kane. If this is your first time tuning in, we have curated content provided by health and wellness providers that are a part of the Wallistic community. For more information, check out www.wallistic.com. Today's guest has over 22 years studying the relationship between diet and health in a clinical healthcare and a holistic nutrition setting. She's a functional medicine nutritionist and certified holistic health coach, as well as holding a master's degree in neuroscience and biochemistry. She has been featured on WCNC and WBTV Charlotte several times as an expert nutrition and health correspondent. Aside from her work in passion transforming lives, she enjoys spending time with her family as a wife and mother. I'd like to welcome to the show, Allie Brigham. Thanks so much for having me, Eddie, and happy and healthy new year to you and all of your listeners. I appreciate that, and happy new year to yourself and also to your family as well. Thank you. Um, so today we are discussing New Year's resolutions uh, pertaining to nutrition, which is your one of your specialties, I should say. Um, to give our listeners a little insight into your personal journey, what has motivated you to become so well-versed in diet and nutrition? Sure. So firstly, I'd like to preface this question by saying there are two main reasons why I founded Charlotte Nutrition and Wellness. Um, the, the, the firstly is because I was just so sick and tired of seeing everybody so sick and tired. And it really started to anger me. And I knew in my heart of hearts that we need to do something. I, I needed to do something. And the second main reason is because my younger life was riddled with health issues and weight struggles. By the time I was 22, I suffered already with four chronic illnesses. I was 30 pounds overweight. And like many of my clients, I had tried everything under the sun to lose weight, every fad diet you can imagine, working out with a trainer, cutting out carbs, starving myself. And it wasn't until the later stages of graduate school when I was studying nutrition science and I realized that everything I was doing to get healthy and thin was wrong. And I finally learned what it meant to feel your body with proper nutrition and heal the cells in your body. And when that happened, my diseases began to disappear and the fat literally was melting off of me. And once I reached my goal weight, um, I fluctuate around, I'm tiny, I'm 5'2", so I fluctuate around, you know, 106, 107. I've been able to maintain the same weight going on 24 years now. And the funny thing is, I wasn't even trying to lose weight. I was focusing on getting well. I didn't have to use sheer willpower because we all know that willpower is going to fail us in the end because we're human. We're going to mess up. Right. Uh, it, it was just happening. It was just happening naturally because I was giving my body what it needed. So I know that there is hope for everyone out there. And I wasn't the most disciplined person when it came to food and exercise. I was in my 20s. I wanted to go out and have fun and go out with my girlfriends and drink Cosmos after work. And I also grew up on processed junk food. And I was a sugar 
junkie, literally a junkie in every sense of the word. I would leave my dorm in the middle of a snowstorm in the middle of the night in the sketchiest part of town and find a gas station that was open so that I can get my Twizzlers and my gummy worms and my gummy bears <laughs> and, and get my candy fix. And it was, you know, it's a real addiction. But um, I just want to finish answering your question about becoming well-versed in diet and nutrition because I think this is really important. For me personally, I don't think it's enough to just have a degree or a master's degree um, or, you know, sit in a classroom and learn, um, you know, learn a trade. But absolutely, that's the first step that we all need to do if we want to bring our skills to life. But for me, it was also about studying the farming industry, learning about the agricultural industry, factory farming, the pharmaceutical industry, the USDA and the FDA, and of course, healthcare, which thankfully I had a background in. All of these components play a role in the food that's made available to us and the food that's sold in stores, the food that's served in restaurants. And that's really what is the most important to me is, you know, how did that piece of meat or how did that food get from your farm to my table? All the stuff that happens in between is the most important. And when I began to dive into my investigative research and drive around to farms and I was calling manufacturing facilities and calling food companies and asking questions, it, when it really all came together, I was astonished as to what I found. So to continue with that uh, train of thought regarding where the food's coming from and the choices that we have, how do you get or what do you suggest somebody does to get the most optimal you know, farm to table options? Do they not go to a typical grocery store? I mean, what, what kind of things can people do that will help them to get the best kind of nutrition that they can? Sure. So yes, somebody who's been shopping at Harris Teeter all their lives, I'm not going to say all of a sudden you need to never go to Harris Teeter again, but maybe poke around, you know, go to your local farmer's market or go to the organic section. Start there, start small. It's not a light switch where all of a sudden, you know, you flip a switch and you're going to become this organic, healthy, clean eating person. It's a process. And the people who have the most success are the ones that take this slowly and treat it as a, you know, healing process rather than, oh my God, changing everything overnight. I need to lose 30 pounds right away. Um, so, you know, I usually recommend that you go to like a Trader Joe's or a farmer's market or an earth fair or a Whole Foods or a place that's going to have more options in terms of organic foods, if that's the route you want to go. If for people who feel that they can't afford to buy every single thing organic, start with certain things or just buy more fruits and vegetables. Just start with that because it's, it's still even healthier to eat the fruits and vegetables, even though they're sprayed with insecticides, rather than to eat at McDonald's or fast food every day. So you work with a lot of clients, I'm sure, that have different goals and mindsets. Who do you typically work with and what type of goals um, do you generally see people looking to achieve? 
Yeah, that's quite vast. So a large percentage of my clientele are men and women who are just at the end of their rope. They are like, Allie, I am so done. I, I don't want another diet. I've tried everything. And there are also very experienced individuals who come to see me who are already eating clean and exercising, but they still don't feel well. And I work with many elite athletes and members of sports teams because we all know now proper nutrition enhances performance on any field or any court. And I also work with individuals with severe chronic illnesses, such as diabetes, cardiovascular disease, irritable bowel, um, inflammatory bowel disease, allergies, arthritis, and other autoimmune conditions, and even cancer patients. The majority of my clients, yeah, they do want to lose weight because when you think about it, just look around, everybody, almost everybody is trying to lose weight. I feel like everybody's on a diet. Yeah. Yeah. But when, you know, our main goal when working together is more about optimum health. And when you find out, when, when you, when you fuel your body the right way, your body's going to naturally gravitate toward the leanest version of you. Weight loss is always going to be a byproduct. And so do you think that going back to when you were 22 and you had talked about going to the store to get Twizzlers and that sugar kick that you were looking for, nowadays it seems like sugar, high fructose corn syrup is in everything. Sucralose, it's in, it's in everything, right? So we have mm-hmm. so many more people that are looking to lose weight and sugar is in so many different products that people aren't even aware of. Do you think that's one of the main factors or something that's being overlooked by the majority of people when they are looking to lose weight? Absolutely. Uh, That is such a great point that you brought up. So unbeknownst to a lot of people, the food industries put these addictive processed derivatives of sugar and corn and sugar beets and even other additives that are highly addictive so that we become addicted to the foods and we continue to buy them. So, and again, you know, let's say you were going to say to yourself, I am no longer going to eat sugar. I'm going to give up all sugar. Well, first of all, I don't think that's the best route to go because when you deprive yourself of something and you expect that you expect yourself to automatically eat completely different with um, no practice, nothing, that usually doesn't pan out very well. You know, usually people fail when they try to do that. So for me, the, the not craving the sugar and being okay with being around a full spread of desserts at a party or, or holiday Uh, where I am not tempted at all, literally not at all. I don't even touch sweets, not because I I will power myself not to. I don't even crave them. That happened naturally when I, again, I always talk about this, this healing process and fueling your cells because your cells are looking for one thing, nutrients. When they get nutrients, they signal your brain that you're full And your brain gets word that, okay, now I'm getting what I need, so I'm going to reward you. So those addictive tendencies will slowly diminish and eventually you won't even crave it. 
That's incredible. And, you know, talking about, you know, diets nowadays, there's keto diets, vegan diets, and it seems like everybody's on some kind of a quote unquote diet rather than maybe like a lifestyle (laughs) change. And to me, and this may be outdated thought process that I have, I feel as though many people that have adopted some of these diets would actually be consuming fewer calories by cutting out specific uh, macronutrients and could have the same weight loss effects if they were eating the same foods as they had previously, but were more aware of like the portion sizes or the calorie intake. So, uh, you know, if someone goes to a keto diet, they're cutting out carbs. Obviously, if someone's going to a vegan diet, they're cutting out quite a bit of uh, products that they would typically eat. And could that you know, just cutting those things out, could that be a byproduct is, you know, their caloric intake is, is less than what it was previously. And if they did continue to kind of eat the same foods, uh, if you will, and just were more aware of the portion sizes, do you think that they could have the same effects regarding their weight loss? Oh, absolutely. And when, when it comes to dieting, if, of course, with my clients, I've always adapted this motto, whatever works for you. But there's a difference between going on a crash diet and dropping weight and healing your body so it effortlessly sheds fat. So the the problem I see with all of these fat diets is people are doing them to try to lose weight. And that's it. They want a quick fix because they say to themselves, okay, that diet didn't work or that diet didn't work, that one didn't work, that program didn't work, okay, let's try keto. And they don't really know what they're getting themselves into. So I'll give you a quick example. The ketogenic diet, it's been around since the early 1900s. It is miraculous for curing certain neurodegenerative brain disorders, as well as treatment-resistant epilepsy. It only became a fad diet because all the patients in the studies were losing massive amounts of weight. So, and of course I try all these new fad diets that come out just for the heck of it because I need to be able to speak knowledgeably to my clients about them. And when I tried, I tried keto, I I did it for a week. I, I felt awful. I felt disgusting eating all of that fat and meat. However, there are some people that may find it, may find it sustainable And if their blood work looks great and they're healthy and their cardiovascular system is fine and they're not getting diabetes and their their triglycerides are not off the charts, hey, more power to you. But I think the moral of the story is to just eat real food. If, If we look at different areas around the globe and certain indigenous cultures, and, you know, we find some that maybe have only access to fish or certain animals, let's say like in the really cold regions of the world. And there are some areas that have only have access to grains and plants. And then there's some areas that have access to all of the macros. So when we study these region, regions of the world, there, there's virtually no obesity, even though some cultures may be living solely on animal products, some living solely on plants, and some a mixture. They all have one thing in common. The food isn't processed. That is barred on the biggest problem with the American diet. 
I'd like to break away from my conversation with Allie for a second to introduce Ebb and Flow, located in Charlotte's Villa Heights neighborhood. It's a local movement studio offering classical Pilates instruction, yoga and dance, and wellness services, including massage therapy and Reiki healing. The objective of Ebb and Flow Movement Studio is to help improve the quality of life for members of the community in a safe, welcoming, and inclusive environment. Movement heals. Come feel better. Could, it, could another, you bring up an interesting point about how geography is really um, affecting what these people eat and it is not processed food. You know, McDonald's has been around, I think, probably since the 1950s. Um, could there be some sort of genetic triggers that are being affected, like epigenetics, for instance, when somebody, say my grandfather, for instance, started eating McDonald's. <laughs> and uh, is there something that could be turned on genetically by eating some of this processed food and it's a- actually getting passed down through generations? And we're kind of seeing the culmination of those things add up to kind of where we're at today with people having these, you know, getting diabetes earlier, having higher blood pressure and higher cholesterol. Could it, could it be a genetic factor as well from previous generations being exposed to these processed foods? Yes, absolutely. And I love talking about genetics because there are two types of genetics. There's genetics, set genetics, and there's epigenetics. So let's say, um, well, let's take you, Eddie. What color eyes do you have? Blue. Okay. So no matter how much you hope and pray and hope and pray, you are never going to have <laughs> brown eyes. <laughs> that is set genetic. I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> However, we are born predisposed to many different illnesses, things that run in our family and not just from our mom and dad, but you know, going back generations and generations. However, you actually have to turn that gene on to get that disease. It's called gene expression or what you mentioned earlier, epigenetics. So how do we turn that gene on? Well, by putting bad stuff in our body, putting bad stuff on our body, eating these processed foods, lowering our immune system and making us more susceptible to disease. And there's many, many people who come from regions like they're, um, I'm half Italian. So the Mediterranean, the Italian side of my family, they live very long. My dad is um, 90 years old. So, and he's still, still alive and kicking. And, um, but those, those good that we call them longevity genes are slowly start to die out over generation after generation after generation because of all the processed foods. Because my, my dad and his parents and grandparents were eating real foods when they were younger. And, you know, now my dad's eating more processed foods. So now, you know, all of these little diseases are catching up with him. So it's really interesting when when you study that, Um, you know, and some people are like, oh, I have great genes in my family. I'm never going to get sick. Well, that's only going to get you so far. Right. Their lifestyle choices and what they're choosing to do are affecting the way that their genes are being expressed. So yeah, they, they might have great genetics from their grandparents, but their grandparents weren't eating you know, bread that's got high fructose corn syrup in it or ketchup that's got this uh, more sugar in it or whatever the case may be. It could be pesticides that are in the food and those things are affecting the way that the genes are being expressed. Is, is that all 
correct? Yes, more so than ever before. Um, the latest medical research is showing now that environment in terms of your uh, predisposition to chronic health conditions, environment plays a much larger role. And don't quote me on this, it's upwards of like 70 or 80% over your genetics. Yes. So we have full control over whether or not we may get these diseases. And according to many doctors, 75 to 80% of all chronic diseases in America or in the world are 100% reversible and 100% preventable with diet. So food, I teach my clients stage one is recognizing food as the most powerful way to transform your health. Looking at food as a medicine rather than just Correct. Uh, nourishment. <laughs> Correct. I want to look at food as a means to provide energy for the cells in our body so that we can wake up and move and talk and use our brain rather than comfort. So that gets, you know, that's a whole another topic because um, because of, of the diet culture we live in, there's a lot of emotional components now that come along with having a good relationship with food. So with, you know, keeping on the same track, there's a lot of folks this time of year that are focusing on their nutrition, trying to get in better shape, trying to lose a little bit of weight, whatever the case may be. Could you cover maybe some of the do's and don'ts for folks that are looking to set goals around eating healthier and having a better, I guess, balanced diet? What, what would some of the do's and don'ts be that you would recommend? Sure. Let's start with um, the, the, uh, the most important don't. I think the most important first step is to let go of the diet mentality. The cells in our body thrive wonderfully on healthy proteins, healthy carbs, healthy fats. We need all of the macro groups. We don't have to cut out anything. It's about the quality of the food. And I feel like we're all imprisoned. Like I, I call it diet jail. We're all imprisoned by our, our uh, emotional reaction and our feelings of being around food and not having a good relationship with food or feeling guilty that you went into the break room and you had two donuts. You know, throw all that away. We're human. You know, we're going to mess up and it's okay. You know, get back to the foundation, you know, of those little mini steps that you're going to take to start your journey toward this new lifestyle. So, you know, like, let's say just switch to organic produce. That would be a first step. If you fall off the wagon, it's okay. Get right back on. Don't beat yourself up. And the, another piece of advice um, I have is a very practical one. Get more plants in your diet. That's where the micronutrients are. The micronutrients are more important than the macronutrients. They're the vitamins and the, the things we can't see. The vitamins, the minerals, the essential fatty acids, the essential amino acids, the polyphenols, the phytonutrients, all of those things that catapult our health. And, you know, easy, convenient things, for instance. Make it a point to make your salad bigger, the, the green part of your salad bigger. Or if you're having steak or chicken for dinner tonight, triple your portion of broccoli if that happens to be your side. Add more lentils, beans, nuts, and seeds into your diet because they're plants too. They grow out of the ground. 
and get some wonderful blueberries and raspberries and strawberries and blackberries into your smoothie. I mean, these are really easy things. And um, another big don't is, uh, again, going back to don't, don't restrict yourself of foods that you love to eat. It's miserable and it comes from a place of negativity. And, and have you literally, have you ever heard anybody say, I can't wait for Monday when I start my diet. I'm so psyched. No, (laughs) it's like, oh my God, I'm going to binge all weekend because I have to start this stupid diet on Monday. And they're, they're mad, they're angry, they're negative, they're negative because they have to restrict, restrict, restrict. So again, that's going back to our brain and our emotions, and that's going to fail you in the end. So sometimes what's more important is what we add into our diet initially than what we restrict. Eventually, I call, I call this the crowding method. Eventually, we're going to start to crave those good healthy foods because again, that's what the cells in our body are looking for and that's what they want. And we'll start to crowd out the other bad foods naturally. It's just going to happen. And um, if if I if someone were to ask me, Allie, if there's one thing that you can recommend, one thing that that for people to do, if they're only going to pick one, to literally catapult their health and weight loss, what would it be? And it's always going to be green vegetable juicing. Buy a juicer for thirty or forty dollars, or go to a juice bar and get fresh green juices. You're you're in, into your diet. I mean, you will notice a difference in a matter of days because it's so nutrient dense and concentrated with those micronutrients, those polyphenols, those antioxidants. Um, and those are the ones that we're missing in our diet. And we, as as a as a society, are very nutrient and mineral deficient, unfortunately. So we really got to almost like overdose on nutrition to get well. So, so for the green vegetable juicing, there's all kinds of juicing that's going on these days. I know that a lot of people do it with like fruits. And I've read that a lot of times with the fruits, it's so concentrated with the sugars that are in there that that can be bad. And sometimes you're not getting enough fiber to help um, slow down the digestion of of that when when people are doing uh, fruits, for instance. What types of green vegetables? Like, what would an example of uh, juicing with the green vegetables? What would that include? Uh, kale, spinach. Uh, what what does that kind of look like? Awesome, awesome question. So yes, um, when when we go to these juice bars, most of please fruit- correct me if I'm wrong uh, about uh, the fruit juicing or, or whatever the case may be. There. Oh no, you you hit the nail on the head. When we go to these juice bars, um, a lot of the juice recipes that you see are filled with, you know, they put like maybe like a handful of spinach and then there's apple, carrot, pineapple, beet, all the sugary stuff. So you're walking out of there drinking upwards of 40 grams of sugar. That's going to spike your insulin, your glucose. That's going to cause weight gain. So that's why I always say green juice. Now for the, for the purpose of getting, flooding your gut microbiome, and getting these micronutrients into your cells as quickly as possible, assimilating them. We don't want anything to get in the way. We don't want the fiber. We don't want the cellulose. You're going to get plenty of fiber if you're eating a proper diet. But for, for the purpose of this of vegetable juice extraction, it's not 
blending it. It's actual juice extraction. And so what you're left with is the water and the micronutrients. And they're very concentrated. So a great recipe would be in, you know, I, I tend to, you know, go a little bit more bitter because I can handle it, but I do the kale and the parsley and the collard greens and the Swiss chard. But I would say start with spinach um, and add cucumber and celery. And sure, a little bit of grapefruit is okay because it's very low in sugar. And uh, you can add mint leaf and they'll, they'll make these for you. You can walk into any juice bar and make your own and make your own um, concoction. But when you add the, um, the cucumber and the celery, you, it, it's going to be a much milder taste. Whereas I would go in there and I would order kale, spinach, cilantro, parsley, turmeric, ginger, um, and probably a half a taste. But when I started veggie juicing 25 years ago, um, I there came a point where I would literally salivate because it was getting nutrients. And I cannot even imagine a day now that goes by that I don't have veggie juice. So it's really starting and because sticking with I'm it. I'm like Pavlov's dog. I crave it so much. Oh, the, there, there's something called, this is a really cool phenomenon. There's something called the wisdom of the body. There's a biochemical reaction that occurs on your taste buds and the ends that don't want it. It's craving it. And it's not going to stop craving it. So the veggie juice, then the soda and the Kool-Aid, don't you think? It definitely. I couldn't agree more with you on that. Uh, back when I was working out uh, quite heavily, I had a really strict diet and I didn't crave any sweets. It just didn't mm-hmm. cross my mind. I didn't, you know, it didn't affect me. <laughs> now it's a little yeah. different, but still not uh, big on the sweets. Ice cream is probably my biggest downfall. <laughs> Yeah, and it's not to say that you can't enjoy those things. Uh, I I certainly am not perfect. No nutrition, no nutritionist is perfect. And my family and I were very social. We go out to dinner. We go to parties. I drink wine. I have um, chocolate and sweets if I want it, which I typically, again, which is really cool. And it still blows my mind to this day how I don't crave sweets anymore when I used to live on them. But this is not about torture, deprivation, live in a bubble lifestyle. This is about making incremental changes. Um, and it's about building up the cells in your body, building up your immune system, healing your gut microbiome, recharging your brain so that when you do go out into this toxic world that we live in and you, you know, go out to dinner or go to the bachelor party or go on vacation, you're not going to get sick and you're not going to gain weight because you've set the foundation in your body and you're not susceptible to those things anymore. And my clients jokingly ask me all the time, they're like, what do you do when you go on vacation? Do you pack a giant suitcase of all of your organic foods and snacks and everything? I'm like, no, no, I eat what's at the resort because yeah, maybe I might gain a couple pounds, you know, from, you know, drinking a margarita or whatever, eating the food, but I'm going to rebound in two seconds, once I get back to the foundation. Right. And if you're doing the work, you know, 80, 90% of the time, that 10% isn't going to ruin all of the healthy choices that you've made. Absolutely. Bingo. I feel like a lot of people critique themselves so 
go on vacation and they splurge, they just beat themselves up over it, not realizing that it doesn't erase all of the healthy decisions that you've made that have brought you up to this point. Um, that could probably be a subject to talk about in itself. But if, you know, some of our listeners are listening to this and they're maybe overwhelmed to tackle this challenge of improving their nutrition qualifications, say they're out of North Carolina, they can't work with you necessarily. Um, what kind of qualifications should somebody look for? Or what kind of background should somebody look for when searching for, a, you know, a provider um, to help with their nutrition and diet? So that, you know, that you want to work with somebody that knows what they're talking about, but is there like certain certifications or certain background that you would recommend somebody look for or? Yes. And there's, there's various avenues you can take. There's uh, that many professionals take. There is uh, health coaching. That's uh, absolutely a certification that has to be renewed each year. I do have a certification in that. There are career. Curriculum is written by the American Medical Association, and I do not want to be governed by the American Medical Association um, for my own personal reasons. Sure, and you know, and I'm I'm not into you know telling people to follow the food pyramid. Not that that's not all they do. Some of my best friends and colleagues are well respected uh, registered dietitians, um, but I, being a holistic nutritionist, you have a little bit more leeway as to what you can recommend for your clients. Um, And I don't have to be so stringent in sticking to a particular diet because I don't have one single diet or handout for everybody who has diabetes or everybody wants to lose weight. Every single nutrition program for my clients is customized to them. It's built out. It's typed out just for them. There are no two alike. And um, so my biggest piece of advice when looking for a uh, nutritionist is ask a lot of questions. This is a very personal journey. It's a, uh, for me, it's, I tell my clients, this is a one-time process. You will never need a healing process once. You, You will have all of the tools and your reference manual to carry with you, which is your customized nutrition program for years to come for success for me is them not coming back because I want that. I want to know. And I love when clients text me, you know, 10 years later saying that they were able to keep the weight off. Like, this is why I love what I do. Um, so ask lots of questions and ask about their background and, and, um, you, you, you know, ask if they study this, that are, just as crucial, like the agriculture industry and the farming industry and and what what do they feel about organic foods? Because there's many nutritionists out there that will just put you on, let's say they'll cut your calories, for instance, not not everybody, but some people to say, okay, based on this test where you blew into this tube, you should be eating 1200 calories a day. So they put them on a diet of 1200 1200 calories. That's not, not the way I practice. And that's not the way I ever want to practice. I don't think that's doing a service to a client. Uh, It's really, um, there are so many components that go into weight loss that are heavily overlooked by all the diet industries, not to mention hormones and epigenetics and the gut microbiome and the quality of the food, factory farmed meat versus grass-fed meat, organic food versus non-organic food, the stress management, the emotional 
um, the emotional aspect of it. So many things that are covered when you are a holistic healthcare practitioner. So I think that's another important thing to ask. You know, do you practice holistically? Do you practice functionally? Functional medicine means, or functional nutrition means you're getting to the root cause of, of what's ailing you. That's super important. So there's a lot of factors. I appreciate you sharing that insight. And I'm sure our listeners will also appreciate that because there are a lot of factors that people aren't aware of when, you know, you said to ask questions, you gave some great examples of the types of questions that people should ask that they wouldn't necessarily know. So I think that's really, really helpful. So as we come to the conclusion here, I was wondering if you could share with us something that you've currently been learning about, whether it's from a a book that you're reading or a documentary maybe you've recently watched, just maybe where did you learn it from and and what did you learn? What was your takeaway? Sure. So yes, um, I am that crazy person who drives around and, you know, looks at at farms and again, talks to people and I (laughs) I work work with people in, in the industries, but um, I listen, I get most of my information from peer-reviewed literature and um, uh, health summits and podcasts, but there are some of my favorite books. I have to tell you that I've recently read. One is called The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. Another one is uh, Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. Um, and another one is Sleep Smarter. And another one is Healing Cancer by Chris Bork. And there's a magazine I absolutely love. It's called Experience Life. I also like Life Extension, but I think I like Experience Life a little bit more. And that's cool. It's month, you know, monthly prescription. And it's just so many great tidbits of information. And with regard to documentaries, I've seen them all. Um, some of my favorites are, um, and all you have to do, the, the easiest way to do this is go on Amazon Prime or go on Netflix and in the search bar, type in documentary health. So I love um, How Not to Die. I love In Search of Balance, uh, Vegucated, The Gut, Our Second Brain. Uh, There's one called Why Are We Fat? (laughs) There's one (laughs) called Cows, Cash, and Cover-Ups, Food Matters, Foods That Cure Disease, What's With Wheat, there's one called Fat, a documentary. There, there's so many, and they are amazing in terms of education. Um, and also, I do want, want to point out, I love talking with people on the phone, even if they don't live in Charlotte. I, I do work remotely with people all over the U.S., but if people or your listeners have questions about what to look for, I encourage them to talk to me. I I offer free telephone consultations um, and you can schedule that right on my website. Sorry, that's a flexible enough to make this work for you. So if I have a client who travels, you know, three times a month, that's going to be a whole different program. If I have a client that is allergic to 20 different things, that's going to be different. We have to be willing and a little bit flexible to, to meet our clients halfway and work with them so that they can make this a doable, easy, and sustainable lifestyle for them. Otherwise, what's the point? Exactly. I think that's one of the best parts about what you do is the fact that you are able to help people regardless of their location and give them insight and tell them. A lot of people travel these days, like you said. So to be able to be flexible that way is is awesome. Um, 
And what I'll do actually is include um, some of these documentaries that you've listed as well as some of the books. I'll get those from you and include those in the show notes as well. That way our listeners can check those out and expand their knowledge on the subject matter as well. Awesome. So the final question I have for you is how do you deal with stress? (laughs) Um, Okay. So stress is a biggie. Uh, It's toxic. It causes us to overproduce stress hormones. So when we do that, our body thinks that we're in trouble. So when our body thinks we're instinctively in trouble, what happens? Our metabolism stops. Everything comes to a screeching halt. So it's real important to manage stress in the moment. And I want to repeat that, in the moment. So it's one thing to be around a stressful, toxic, work atmosphere, if that's your situation, and have your boss hounding you all day, and you just, your blood boiling all day, and then you leave, you go to the gym and you burn off steam, or you leave and you go to the bar and you have a couple of drinks to relax. That's all fine and good, but we need to manage stress in the moment. So the best, the best thing that works for me is diaphragmatic breathing, belly breathing, deep breathing. I will set my alarm on my phone because I'm a workaholic and I will sit in consultation or working on the computer, compiling somebody's nutrition program all day long. But I set my alarm to get up out of my chair and I go out on my front porch. I put on my, even in the dead of winter, I put on my winter parka and I go on the front porch and I sit where the sun beats down in my comfy chair out there and I close my eyes and I just breathe really deeply and slowly for five minutes. And when I come back into my office, I, um, it, it feels as though I've just taken a nap. Everything is clearer. All of the muscle tension and stress has melted off of me. It's truly miraculous. Not to mention meditation and yoga and exercise are, are crucial. Um, yes, I'm a nutritionist, but it's, it's very important to move your body and get your blood flowing and help production of nitric oxide. Exercise is a great way to release stress. Um, what I find also is affirmations and journaling. I do a lot of these things. I do visualization. I just close my eyes and visualize how my life is going to be and what, what I want. And I give myself one goal for the day. Like, you know, just say three things. Oh, I have a really, a really cool trick I'll share with you in a sec. I'll just say three things that I'm grateful for. And it doesn't always have to be your husband, your family, and your children. It could be like, <laughs> it could be, hey, it has been raining for the last five days and today it's sunny. I'm so grateful for that. But I, we have this running joke in this house because my, um, my husband and my daughter are like, stop asking you that. So I always say like when somebody is about to like, you know, throw their computer out the window or, you know, an email comes in and they, they get so angry and just built up. And I say, okay, stop for a sec. Ask yourself these three questions. One, is this life threatening? So life threatening being you are, there's a scale. So 10 would be like you are sitting on a boogie board in the, the, sea, the Caribbean Sea or the ocean and there's sharks circling you. So you know you're probably gonna, about to die. If, you know. So that is so stressful. If you are in that situation, I give you carte blanche to let all of your stress hormones rip through your body because you have every right to be stressed. 
And let's go back to the other end of the spectrum. A one on a scale of one to 10 would be like you laying on a beach in Hawaii with um, a Mai Tai in your hand and somebody giving you a foot massage, like pure heaven. So, <laughs> um, so ask yourself firstly, is this life-threatening? Secondly, ask yourself, am I going to remember this in a year? And thirdly, rate it on that scale of one to 10. Usually when I do that, I wind up giggling and I'm like, oh my God, this is so ridiculous. I'm not going to remember this in a year. Oh my God, this, why am I sweating this? I mean, this is, no, this isn't life threatening. And, and usually I wind up giving it, uh, I usually wind up giving a rating of a two you know, not stressful at all. So it's so funny sometimes when my, my daughter gets, you know, angry at something or mad and I'm like, okay, is Are you going to remember this in a year? She's like, oh my God, mommy, you're crazy with this stuff. <laughs> it's so funny. But I do it with myself and it works every time. Um, it's, it's a really... Well, it's, great- it's, it's interesting because it kind of pulls you out of whatever the situation is so you can put it into context. Yeah. And really, so you're not necessarily being swamped with whatever the situation is, but being able to put it into some sort of context. Like one of the things that uh, I recently was learning about was stoicism and following like Marcus Aurelius and the idea that, you know, it's a simple question. Can I control this or can I not control this? I'm all science. Prove it to me. I need to see it to believe it. I need to read, read it. I'm like the least transcendental om yogi type person. <laughs> I'm just, I'm all science. But when I tell you these things work, you know, take the five minutes, breathe diaphragmatically, do visualization, meditate, um, you know, do that little, that trick. Um, they work, they work, they work. Allie, thank you for being here with me today and sharing your knowledge and expertise. For more information about Allie Brigham and to contact her, please go to Wallistic.com or charlottenutritionandwellness.com. Remember to subscribe and share. This is your host, Eddie Kane. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Wallistic Doses.